I remember watching one of my nieces early on at her soccer game, and this was the first soccer game that she'd ever played, so that meant that she was uh, maybe five years old, somewhere around that age. And she uh, had the classic, memorable first goal of her life, where she kicked a soccer ball into the goal, not realizing it was on the opposite side of the field of the goal that she should have been kicking into. But it was a moment of innocence, and when it happened to her, she was happy and she was joyful and she was kind of, um, you know, unconcerned that it was in the wrong goal. And I think at some point in our lives, we're like that. We're innocent and we're happy and uh, we're not worried about um, which goal the, the ball even goes into. But as we grow up, at some point in our lives, that shifts and, and we, we know which goal it needs to go into. And we will often get very discouraged if we don't score the goal or if we don't win the game or if we aren't the star of the team. And uh, it makes us sad. You know, so even the Browns losing last week, right? We just get really sad a lot here in Cleveland. And, um, and it's because this um, whole notion of wanting to win and desiring to be the best. And if we're not winning and if we're not the best, then it causes a sadness in us. But I think about the gospel today that Jesus says to the disciples, they're, they're talking about who is the best, who's the greatest among themselves. And it's, it's, it's really comical if you can just kind of imagine this and read between the lines because Jesus walks up to them and he says, hey guys, what were you just talking about? Right? He knows. And they're, they're kind of like dumbfounded and they have to say, well, Lord, we were talking about who was the best. Was it me or Peter or who was it? Kind of embarrassing thing to talk about in front of the Lord, who is the Son of God. But I, I think back to childhood, and I would, I would invite you to think back to your childhood, of that time of innocence, the time where you were not worried about competing, the time that you weren't worried about being the best, and the time that you weren't disappointed if you weren't the best, or if you didn't win. Was there a time in your life where you were just happy to kick a ball through a goal and you didn't care which goal that it was. I think it's that mentality that Jesus is inviting us to when he, when he pulls that child into its midst. I was reading that um, children should begin competing at around the age eight because around eight years old, they, they start to have the mentality and the maturity and kind of even like the control of their feelings to deal with competition. So I would imagine for each one of us, sometime before the age eight, we were still pretty innocent. A child is somebody that is not only innocent, but they have no authority. It's really hard for them to be better than anyone else. I mean, a child really is at the, the authority of their parents. They're at the authority of their grade school teachers and principals. Like, Everything that they do, they're pretty much told what they can and can't do. They don't have the privilege of driving a car. Uh, they don't have a lot of freedom in terms of what they can do. They don't have their own money. They don't have their own jobs. They're completely and utterly dependent. And so Jesus is trying to show us this image of being dependent on God. And when we're dependent on God, the authority thing doesn't matter so much to us. So I want you to think about that. Is there, was there a time in your life before where winning wasn't everything? A time where you just enjoyed being a child? 
And try to come to that frame of mind because that's what Jesus is getting at the gospel today. Now, chances are, when we change from being like a child and then turned into being a competitor, was probably somewhere around the age of eight or so. And chances are, too, it was, it was a painful moment. So something embarrassing might have happened to us, something difficult might have happened to us, something unfair might have happened to us. There's changes that happen to us that are painful. And I think when painful things happen to us, we kind of have a shift that happens into a heart that says, I'm never going to let that happen again. So from now on, I'm going to be first. From now on, I'm going to be the best. From now on, I won't be picked last. And sometimes, oftentimes, that goes all the way into our adulthood, you know, where I'm going to get the highest position I can. I want the best salary that I can. And when you get that position, that salary, you want the next highest position, the next highest salary. There's a constant, like, raising of this um, competitiveness. There's a, um, uh, a survey that they did about um, uh, expensive cars, you know, BMW, Mercedes, uh, cars like that. And the survey revealed that 96% of people bought the car, not because they liked the car, but because of how they thought others would perceive them in the car. So that was their decision. They were buying the car so that other people would look at them as being kind of high and mighty. So the change that happens to us was probably something painful, probably something difficult. It could, have been, it could have been being rejected. It could have been not making the team. It could have been, been being bullied. It could have been abuse, um, physical, emotional, sexual abuse, something like that that happened in our lives that from that time on we decide, I'm taking control. And though that's a good thing to take control, it becomes a little off course when we try to be our ultimate masters and we, we try to be absolutely first and something that we do. And so that's what we hear the disciples discuss, discussing among themselves. Who's the first? Who's the most important? Who's the most powerful? And they're so humbled when Jesus comes up to them and uh, interrupts that conversation. It's funny to hear stars talk about their children, like uh, famous movie stars and musicians. They talk about their kids and they say their kids, they don't have a clue what their parents do. In their eyes, their parents aren't famous. Their parents are they're just parents. They're like nobodies, right? And uh, it's, it's hilarious because the, the stars will reveal the times where their, their families or their children started to finally realize who they were. You know, like maybe they went to a concert with friends and the friend saw another concert and they said, hey, isn't your mom so-and-so? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, she does this. And um, so there's a time, I think, when we... we realize things like this. So Jesus points this out. He realized this is going on, that his disciples are trying to be number one. They're trying to vie for the highest position. And so he says to them, what were you talking about as you were going along the way? And that totally um, shocks them and probably embarrasses them because they know that they're talking about being the highest and that has no place in the kingdom of God. Jesus has been teaching against this the whole time. So he says to them very clearly, if anyone wishes to be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Now that doesn't mean that we don't compete. 
And that doesn't mean that you don't become the highest that you can be in whatever profession or whatever hobby or sports that you are. Do your best. You know, I was talking to somebody that was a president of a union, and he's the president of union. Does that mean he should step down and not be president? But no, it means that he ought to remember that he's a servant to all of those that he leads. Same thing with the priests. We're not like supposed to be high and mighty over everybody. We're your servant. We're here to help you and to love you. And so Jesus takes this child and puts it in their midst. And I like that he, I don't like this actually, but the, the way the scripture says it, he placed it in their midst. So the, he doesn't even have the child a name or does he call it a boy or a girl? He calls it an it. So meaning this child has no property or no identity. He places it, this child, in their midst and says, whoever received this child in my name receives not only me, but the one who sent me. Again, going back to children having no authority. You know, back in the, in the uh, scriptures that we're reading, they, they weren't even seen as being complete people. They were just uh, children. So it's not just becoming like a child or just becoming an it, but it's going back to that original childhood innocence that wasn't trying to climb. It was simply enjoying life and uh, simply wanting to be a servant. And so we're work, while we're working or competing or parenting or just trying to survive in life, it means remembering that we are all, in fact, children. Each and every one of us is a child and ultimately a child of God. And that's our identity. So it's not who can become the greatest or who is the greatest, but that we are a child of God. And then I think it's important to remember as we look out towards other people, they are children of God. Everybody, we're still we're children. We're like grown-up children. There's some of us that are still not healed from issues that have happened to us. And if we could treat each other gently and if we could treat each other lovingly, then we would explore that, experience that great mystery that Jesus is talking about. That if we receive a child, if we receive one who is childlike into ourselves, into our midst and embrace them, that we not only receive that child or that person, we receive Jesus. And we not only receive Jesus, but we receive God the Father. And so as we celebrate this Mass, open yourselves up to that childlike wonder to become a child yourself, and maybe even more importantly, to see other people as children and to serve and to help them.